Welcome to this week's Hotel Analyst podcast, where for the next 20 minutes or so we will be bringing you our thoughts on matters of the moment from in and around the hotel investment space. Uh, my name is Chris Bound, the editor at Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined on the call by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst. He's fresh back from uh, the Berlin Hotel Conference, so may have some thoughts to contribute from that event as we dive into our first topic, which is how investors uh, are wrestling with a new normal. Um, and that's seen uh, certainly a reduction in uh, hotel transaction volumes um, as uh, investors kind of uh, face adapting to this new environment of higher inflation, operational costs spiking some more than the rate of inflation. And the other problem uh, that uh, in common with many homeowners, debt is getting far more expensive and also harder to come by. This sort of combination means that, um, uh, well, HVS tracked European transaction volumes for hotels and they reckon they fell 18% in 2022 compared to the previous year. Um, and there are some hopes that these things may start picking up, but um, it's certainly the case that there's been no big uh, portfolio deals um, happening and it's mostly single assets. Um, of course, there's still a debate about whether or not there will be distress later this year will, will, that will drive more deal volume. Uh, but the big issue is for those who are uh, looking to borrow money, it's harder to borrow money and you won't be offered as much uh, against the value of the asset compared to where we might have been six months or a year ago. And that is going to become a bit of an issue for people as they refinance existing debt on existing assets even if an asset is performing very well and we know most hotels are performing extremely well the cash is flowing in but um, the lenders are less impressed by that than by some of the ratios and metrics they use to measure risk on lending and that is going to put some people into perhaps a slightly tricky spot debt was very much on everybody's lips during um, the few days in Berlin last week um, to the extent that I've changed your headline on this piece Chris um, interest coverage ratio becomes the new loan to value um, so it is this this bit about how affordable the interest payments are which is determining the ability to refinance or finance a, a deal um, you know I, I talked to uh, a number of people on the sidelines um, there and it, it, it's surprising just how many are you know quite well placed investors long track records tick all the boxes all the boxes from a lender's perspective and having the track record um having um good solid um portion of equity in the deal um in fact i talked to somebody who said he had over um well his loan to value was less than 45 percent yet even he was struggling because of this icr piece the affordability um and the coverage for um interest payments um and given we're still likely not quite at the top of the interest rate tightening cycle um this is looking um quite a concern right now um and how we get ourselves out of that i mean in the short term we're certainly seeing um single asset deals um and this is being driven by portfolio owners 
seeking one way of refinancing is to bring a bit of cash in uh, boost up their equity portion and keep the lender happy that way um, I think we will also see some people pretty much having to sell because there's no other exit route for them um, so it is going to actually drive a little bit of uh, activity uh, probably not portfolio um, whether it sees a uh, pricing reduction i'm not so sure um i think there's just so much money waiting on the sidelines that sure um there will be a there has to be a bit of pricing adjustment um but i think in particular we've got the situation where um the the booming and it is booming um trading situation is continuing to drive um, that that top line and and making profitability look better and better and of course you know that interest coverage ratio even if interest rates keep going up providing profitability keeps soaring um they're going to be okay um but it, it's it, it's i'm afraid it's going to be a, a a harder thing to achieve as interest rates start getting even higher because of course that's going to in um, impact on the trading performance of hotels and it's really a question of which one is going to give way first the the trading performance um, or is it going to be that we are able to to blast through this period um, with great trading and and see into the um, next year um, the current economic uh, runes suggest that uh, this year is going to be okay economically. The IMF have just come out and said the UK, oops, I know we told you that uh, um, the UK was going to head into recession later this year. They told us that in April. They've now changed their mind. Um, they forecast a 0.3% um, reduction in GDP this year. They're now saying the UK is going to grow at 0.4%. Um, that's quite a shift. Um, that's 0.7%. Uh, percentage point shift in terms of their forecasting in the space of what um, um, in a, not even two months it's a sort of six weeks um, so that's quite quite a an about turn there we've got going on so who who knows um, where we'll be in another six weeks time I, I think it's a, a big a big question mark but we have got this piece um, you know whether or not interest rates are eventually be that uh, that gravity that pulls things back down to earth um it possibly um but if trading keeps going and can just see us through to the end of the year i suspect we won't have the um the doom and gloom that perhaps we were thinking about um a couple of months ago well now let's get away from the doom and gloom uh within europe and and look a little further away and um one sector one and one country market which looks to be set fair for the uh, the coming five years or so is India's hotel industry, where um, the co a combination of positives uh, looks to be breathing light onto all of the actors in that space, um, the local operators and uh, the international chains as they look to build their presence in the country too. Um, we had some uh, numbers and an update recently from Indian hotels which uh, in the hands of Puneet Chatwell seems to be uh, very much have, have found its mojo. Uh, he's transforming the business and he's pushing it for much faster growth um, and uh, some very impressive improvements in profit margins as well. The uh, 
uh, the company's just delivered some some record numbers um also t performing strongly is uh the the runner-up in terms of the local uh groups and that's uh, itc which is um itc hotels part of a, a much bigger uh, industrial conglomerate um may be going to split off from that conglomerate before very long that's something the management are looking at but uh, itc uh, a lot of very luxury hotels but there's also building additional brands um, and impressive because it's actually a world leader in um, greening its hotel properties um, but uh, yeah the all of the runes are pointing towards a very very strong period of uh, strong performance not quite getting back to the previous record of profitability which was uh, way way back um, uh, a good 15 years or so ago uh, but um, things looking positive for the next few years as the economy in, in India grows substantially and of course this is a country where the population is uh, is is poised to um, eclipse China's uh, this coming year so um, uh, plenty plenty positive yeah I think it has eclipsed China hasn't it oh. well that, that um, peak profitability mm. uh, where did you get that from Chris was, uh, was that? that was reported as being sometime back in 2008 I think was when the, there was a peak in profitability in the Indian hotel market but uh, okay is that the cons consultants you were chatting to for the story yeah the, yes, that's right yes yes it is one of, one of those um, reports did mention that was a previous peak yeah Mm, yeah. probably a demand supply ish yeah um function there in that there's far too little supply and the demand had exceeded it yes I mean, it's I been yo-yoing isn't it india in yeah. in recent years and it does look now set much more for a steady uh, balance yeah yeah and i think india is poised now we we've already talked about uh um, interest coverage ratio being the new LTV we could actually say India is the new China for mm. this story um, following that theme um, not quite um, I, I, I think there's a slightly different uh, roadmap we've got here um, for India's development but it's certainly very bullish and it looks uh, significantly more bullish than um, the situation um, regarding uh, China um, right now. Not that China's particularly horrific on the um, travel and tourism front, but I think in particular the geopolitics of China is uh, is a challenge. Less so right now for India. Um, the wheels could come off a little bit on that. I mean, if if India takes a turn towards authoritarianism, which uh, Narendra. Narendra Modi might take it down that path unfortunately we'll see but uh, I think right now it's a fair bet that they they won't it won't certainly get as bad as the the tension that we currently have with China even if there is an attempt to try and cool that one down a bit but uh, certainly most eyes now are turning to the subcontinent away from away from china um and you uh, mentioned ihcl the targe owner and i think you know they are looking uh, very positive indeed they had an investor day a um capital markets day earlier this month and they showed um in India that demands growing 11.1% um, this is for the full year 23 or their full year 23 which ends in March um, and um, they compared that to um, the full year 2020 um, again ending in March obviously um, supply 
uh, grew four and a half percent. So obviously, this this situation where you've got demand significantly outpacing uh, supply is very good in news indeed for the uh, profitability piece. Um, and not surprisingly given this demand supply situation um the return on capital employed is looking very good for uh Taj's IHCL's Indian hotel assets they're talking about a whopping 24% um internationally they're um saying look we're going to get a uh a return on capital employed of 16% which is pretty good given the um, upscale and luxury nature of their assets um, so very very solid indeed and um, but the key thing is it's about India and IHCL said um, um, that the Indian hospitality is a market penetration story it's about going for growth um, I think it is it's the number one hotelier um, it lays claim, makes a good claim to be the most popular um, and respected of the hoteliers. It, its net promoter scores um, beat any of its competitors, at least the ones that are in the um, comp set. Um, so it's in a great position to be that. Now, I wouldn't go as far to say IHCL is about to become the new Xinjiang, but it certainly looks to be a set fair to be a very significant player. Now uh, we're talking of, as we were of, of profits and so on. Uh, we've done a little comparing and contrasting this week of um, three businesses that uh, f- have floated fairly recently um, via the their SPAC route using a special purpose acquisition company uh, in, in the US markets. Um, and uh, looking at how easy or hard they're finding it to uh, turn their businesses into profit. Um, it's fair enough you're going for growth you perhaps give up on the idea of profit in the short term but um, plan to build to scale and uh, the profits will flow well we've seen that um, certainly in the latest figures from Soho House um, who briefly had a period as the membership collective group but they are uh, under their new uh, professional management they are focusing very much on how they can improve their their business uh, such they can enhance margins uh, reduce operating costs and uh, deliver continue to deliver a service that uh, the members of Soho House uh, value um, while also then delivering some profits and they are on a map to get uh, that uh, happening sometime this year uh, the contrast the other end of the scale perhaps is the service department group Sonda who have been uh, on some kind of um, path to profit uh, from for the last nine months some new fangled plan to get them into the into the black uh, but still seem um, well a very long way off and uh, the management at their most recent quarterly uh, performance update could not give a time when they thought that the company would actually stop bleeding cash and uh, somewhere in the middle perhaps um, is the, um, the sort of co-working and co-living um, uh, group Selena, uh, another very interesting uh, outfit along the, around the fringes of the mainstream accommodation marketplace. Uh, they are uh, looking like they're going to be turning to profit as well uh, towards the end of this year or early into next. Um, so all of these uh, businesses, as I say, have have had to kind of uh, work out how to trim their growth aspirations or turn their growth aspirations into something that can actually deliver value for shareholders 
Um, it's interesting to me, amusing to me, perhaps that Sonda still describes themselves as a technology stock when they are very self-evidently a, uh, a service department group. Yeah, a tech-enabled service department group, I would say, to be fair. Um, certainly, uh, all three of these companies, profitability was the word they kept repeating. Um, yeah, I feel a little bit sorry for them at some levels because the ground has moved beneath them. Um, that's the issue they face. Um, you know, when they were laying plans, um, you know, uh, growth 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 was the mantra you know and profitability will come it was all about market share don't worry about profit right now um that's been flipped on its head and it's to deliver me some profit mm. right now um now this has come that's led to the tech market meltdown um and this um this has come from that tech market meltdown um and now they've got to uh, you know really watch their cash flow and uh, um, make sure the the money doesn't run out because um, it's going to be so much harder to get new money um, given that it's going to cost so much more for this future growth so given where interest rates are now future growth is priced much more expensively um, that's the that's the big challenge they face um, I, I think Again, uh, yeah, I'm not sure I agree that Selena. You seem to be f putting Selena somewhere between uh, um, Sonda and Soho mm. House. I'd probably agree with you, Chris, that Soho House looks, you know, in the best position of all three. Um, I mean, it, it's claiming profitability already, at least on its uh, adjusted mm -hmm. basis. <laughs> um, getting rid of all those awkward things such as these costs. <laughs> um, so it's a. Uh, um, but um, you know, and and that's reflected in its share price, um, which is merely um, half of what it was when it <laughs> listed. Um, both Selena and Sonda are just completely bombed out shares um, at the moment. They're real tales of woe, um, and indeed Sonda's there's even talk about it delisting. Now, I actually um, sat down with one of the co-founders of Sonda's last week, and he said, "Look, this is not going to happen. We'll simply have, a, if necessary, we'll have a." split um to enable it to sort of get above it I mean, it's a technical thing that you can't have a share listing for for any length of time under one dollar um so it will just split the shares to enable them to to make sure that they're all like each shares over a dollar um which is doable um now um so you know that 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 threat is not really therefore that bigger threat um but uh, I, th I think the thing that is attractive about Soho House is something we've talked about, which is a subscription model and this recurring revenue that those subscriptions generate. Um, and I think once it hits profitability, its multiple is going to be very strong because of the quality of those earnings that are coming through through this recurring revenue model. So I think that's super good. Um, Sonda... 
um yeah so it's that combination of technology and design it's trying to to work on to deliver to deliver value um and i i don't i think there is something within it in terms of um, it is you know at the cutting edge of of um delivering tech um it's very streamlined operations um thanks to that tech it's both uh, distribution and operational tech um which is helping it um, and it's also playing in in not just the hotel market but it's playing in the service department market as well um, so it, it's got those two markets it, it's sitting across um, and it's got a reasonable cash balance so I think it's gonna gonna be there um, it does point out if you if you look at it um, they do this interesting multiple analysis um, comparing um, enterprise value by tr uh, trailing 12 months revenue and Wyndham's top of it it's selected group at 5.2 times um, um, going down to Hyatt at two and a half times and Sondra itself is right at the bottom at 0.2 times and even that has to be done because of its negative cash flow position right now it's using its market cap by revenue to get that 0.2 times so it, it certainly there's no question it's it's had a really big kicking from the market uh, you know does it deserve it um well youth probably think more it does i'm less certain it does um it's it, it certainly probably initially overvalued that's for sure um selena on the other hand i've got more fundamental worries in that the whole offer is built uh built around a millennial and gen z traveler um and i'm just not sure how big this market <laughs> is um, um not that there aren't plenty of millennial and gen z travelers but they all have got to be digital nomads as well um and i you know i'm just a bit more skeptical about this digital nomad thing because the um the call's gone out you've got to yes. get back to your desk in the <laughs> office if you want to keep your job um so the less less being a nomad really um Get out of your yurts and get back to your desks <laughs> um so i think this is a problem for it um and i think it's going to have to re-spin what it's doing um i think it's you know interesting i think it it's, it's certainly a fun um you know uh, sexy offering um and it's right there in that sort of hostile backpackery market type thing i i just don't think the co-working thing really is where it's at with it um i'm, I'm just not sure its offer is um the right one um so i'm a little bit more skeptical about his whole business model with uh um with selena but uh, we'll see um maybe it'll be sonder that uh um that runs into the run runs into the buffers before selena um and you'll be proved right chris <laughs> but uh um but i think we're both backing soho house for for the um, um to be a pretty solid Absolutely. bet right now now it's on to our five star no star awards for the week and andrew you are awarding five stars this week for some business recovery i believe yeah we keep jabbering about this mm. every week don't we say so how brilliant the recovery is and uh, yeah so that the, the latest numbers are really out of china which is the last um domino um to, to um the last shoe to drop or whatever the cliche is last domino to topple mm. i'm not sure what it is but um anyway um so the world travel and tourism council um this week reckon that uh, um 
um, it, it made its forecast um, of economic impact um, of the Chinese travel and tourism sector and um, it's predicting it's going to grow 150% this year which is um, you know it needs to given how mm-hmm. bad it was <laughs> in 2022 given the lockdowns but the good news is this takes it to you know getting on towards the 2019 pre-pandemic high so um the travel and tourism sector at that pre-pandemic high was worth 12.3 trillion yuan according to um um, the wttc and this year it's going to finish the year at close to 10 trillion so not that far away so that's fantastic news um in terms of that that growth piece um for china and it builds on something uh, the wttc said a month ago which is that by the end of this year um, gdp contribution for the global travel and tourism market is going to be just five percent off its 2019 peak um, so we're, we're going there and you know 24 is clearly we're going to break back through and uh, hopefully find some some new peaks and no stars this week for uh, potentially a bit of a crack in demand that started to appear um we've uh, we've had all the hotel groups saying there was there's no signs of any any weakness in demand but here's one uh, reported in reuters uh, where they say that um there appears to be certainly some weakening demand as consumers are starting to trade down and the evidence for this is a massive uptick in uh, people signing up for house sitting um and uh, this apparently is you know the, an even cheaper way of uh, of getting yourself uh, a place to stay because you don't actually pay for it you might have to be looking after someone's pets uh, and treating their house yeah. well um but uh, yeah uh, a couple of, of of the major websites in this space that facilitate um connections between between sitters and um and homeowners uh, are reporting a big uptick in uh, subscriber growth so uh, as, as someone who's used trusted house sitters back in 2012 i was an early adopter um and uh, it led me from uh, from england to wales where i sat a house for six months in uh, in the brecon beacons i can say it's a it's a marvelous experience yeah i think i mean the thing with this is uh, as we've said for some time um the cost of living crisis has impacted the the bottom end or the, the, the lower income bit of society um but they're not big consumers of of hotels um so you know you could roughly say uh one third of uh, the top one third in terms of the income scale uh, generates at least two thirds of hotel demand. So it, it, it's not, and you know, and that top one third hasn't really been impacted by rising energy and rising um, food costs. Um, whereas the bottom um, end of the income um, scale very much has been impacted that simply because they spend so much more on those those, those areas. Um, th- the big unknown is what happens with uh, interest rate rises and how much of that top third is going to get clobbered with that. Um, a surprisingly large number of people don't have mortgages, those lucky, lucky people. Um, 
Um, so they're obviously not going to be impacted, but those of us with mortgages are going to get clobbered, um, you know, when we come to refinancing. Fortunately, mine's uh, over three years away, so um, um, we'll we'll see how it goes. But for those refinancing now or in the in the next few months, um, it's going to be quite a painful process. And with those sanitary thoughts, we'll say goodbye for now. Okay.